Welcome to Full Stack Business Owner, where we are enhancing your full stack of skills to build wealth inside and outside your business. Charlie, today we're actually going to be answering questions from our listeners, from the people in the community. Now, if you're listening to this saying, but I have a question that I want answered, I have a way for you to ask those questions. So there's two things you can do. First one is hit reply to Charlie's emails. Just reply, tell him how good you think he looks, uh, and then ask your question away and we'll bring it in here. Well, the second one is head over to the Facebook group, comment on all of the selfies that Charlie takes and submits in there, and then ask your question there, and we'll pick it up and put it over here as well. Now, before we get started, let's cue the disclaimer. Charlie here from Full Stack Business Owner. I need to let you know that Grant, myself, and the Full Stack Business Owner team are in no way, shape, or form qualified to give you financial advice or pick investment products. We highly encourage you seek out and engage the use of professionals when making financial decisions or comparing investment products. Hi, Charlie. This is one of those topics that has popped up in that Facebook group so many times. So many members are like, hey, what do you guys do for finance management? How do you approach it? Uh, I'm curious, if you were to try and summarize this or tell a story, how would you kind of step us into this episode? It's really interesting. I suspect we're going to get quite fired up on this episode because (laughs) there is a certain uh, system that is promoted that many people appear to love on the surface, although when you dig under it a little bit more, I think there's some pretty big flaws in it and things that I, I don't recommend and I don't want people to do. Uh, But I I want to frame this up in a bit of a different way. I think the overall challenge is that many business owners don't know what good financial management actually looks like. So if you – and there was that – I don't know if this is a fable or a true story, but there's this whole thing that comes out there of this teacher that was trying to get her students to write like A-plus essays. So she wanted the kids in the class to be able to write an A-plus essay, but everyone was writing like a C-grade essay. You know, like we're talking about grading here. Now, she tried to teach everyone skills, right, to, you know, oh, we could, I could teach them about writing paragraphs like this or I could, uh, you know, show them how to write an open like this or make an argument like this and she would have them do another test and, like, they were getting better but not massively better. And then one day she said, what if they just don't know what an A-plus essay looks like? What if I take them through what it looks like so they've got something to compare to? Would that help? And she did it, and then sure enough, everyone in the class was able to start writing at a, a level. And the whole ideation behind that is like if you don't know what the result looks like, then what chance have you ever actually got of achieving it? And finance and financial management, I would say, is that, that is the exact analogy that describes how I'll say 90% plus of business owners actually go about managing their finances, managing uh, financial management of their business, probably investing as well in the same category. Yeah, it's it, that analogy is applicable to so many things. Like you've also got networking, sales, et cetera, that sits on top of it. Um, but I, I actually, I'm going to riff off that essay point because there's like Warren Buffett said, like accounting is the language of business, right? Because if you don't understand that language, how can you communicate to your bookkeeper? How can you communicate to your accountant? How can you communicate all of these things that are necessary in operating your business unless you just, and to your point, most people are just going down to the paragraph structure in, a, in an essay as opposed to going, well, this is actually based on what you're trying to write about. This is where you go for. And I'd also argue that this is the foundation 
of a successful business, right? Like if you understand finances and you actually know how to manage them appropriately, that is exactly how you're going to be successful. It's no different to marketing with like defining a target market. If you know how to, or you, if you know who you're going to be marketing towards, then every other tactic just makes sense along the way. Yeah. So let, let's go there, <clears throat> right? When you start a business, like pretend you're startup mode again, right? Learning financial management isn't what keeps the lights on. It's I got I got to make money today. I got to yep. I got to make something and sell it. So uh, marketing and sales end up the first skills people really lean into out of um, survival. It's like, oh, great, I learned how to financially manage this company. Unfortunately, I'm bankrupt. (laughs) But I managed it well. (laughs) Yeah, I I knew exactly when and how I went bankrupt. I was great at that. I managed it very well. Uh, I'll go through like there's a, there's a sub layer to this though is like um, obviously when we talk about financial management, right, the people that are the most useful for us here are the bookkeepers and accountants. But the challenge is the way they've been educated makes them like almost, again, it's because it's another language and using this analogy, they don't know how to communicate to the average business owner. So what you end up with, and I'll use a different example here, is like if you've ever spoken to anyone that's like deep in like IT, Right, and you go and talk to them, and you say, "Oh, look, what's wrong with my computer?" And they give you this reel of things. It's the RAM, and you know, it's not working with this, and the, like, you know, the Corsair and the, the hard drive, and like, you know, they get really technical. That the average person hears it and goes, "Just want my computer to work. <laughs> just want to be able to use Word." Correct. So, just layer these ones up. Is that business owners don't know what a good result looks like? The people that have the answers speak too complexly and at a level of technicality that makes it undigestible, right? That You end up with a lot of business owners that financial management and the survival aspect of just like this isn't the thing that actually brings in money. Put all that together and that's how we ended up here. So is it, is it the point where you can, like a, there's a quote that says like the ultimate complexity is simplicity, right? So is there a way where business owners don't need to understand these things or do you think it's just like a staging where it's like well you can understand very simply here based on where your where your business is at and how it is progressing or is there something that just like everybody just needs to know needs to start learning and needs to start understanding that's a great question i'm going to do the worst thing as a podcaster and ask you a question into your question oh no no i'm gonna do it (laughs) do you actually think what you do to financially manage today is complex no not anymore how would, yeah. If I said like out of 10, one being the simplest thing you do and 10 being the most complex thing you do, where does it sit for you? Uh, I would actually probably put it like a four. I think, the, I think the only complex part of it now is just making sure I have the time and look at the right figures. Like I can, I can read it all, I can understand it all, but just making sure that I do it. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll ask you another one on the same scale. Um, your health grant. Like, you know, when it comes to your health, how complex is it actually managing your health? A lot more complex than managing my finances. Uh, I'd probably put it uh, probably put it like a seven. Right, so managing your health is harder than managing your finances in this scale for you. I would Correct. say that for me, and this is just my own rankings, I would, I would say I'm about uh, for managing my finances, it's probably like, a, again, a three to a four, somewhere in that range. Managing my health is about the same. And Really? Yeah, I just don't see it as that complex or hard. Is there a learning curve to both of them? Absolutely. Like if you care about your health, like you might want to learn about macros or training styles. 
or like, uh, I don't know, other stuff helps sleep, right? Nutrition, like there's a learning curve that comes with it, but the actual manage of it when you know these things, super easy. Yeah, I think that's the difference. See, I feel like I'm still on that education curve when it comes to like health. Where with uh, I, will, I will also mention you take your health way more seriously than I do. I, I definitely do. <laughs> I like I get like, oh, I got to do this. But I, and that's a really good point because it does start. Have you ever have you ever right. seen the the flow chart, uh, the state of flow, where it's it's a chart with an x and y axis, and it's like the challenge over the time. So we all have depending on what task we're doing. If it is too challenging and we're just starting it, we have anxiety. And then if it's too easy and we're doing it for a long period of time, we become bored. And in the middle, there is this what they call the state of flow, where you've done it enough that it's you don't have anxiety, but it's challenging enough where it's not boredom. And I think that's kind of where, when you're saying like a three or a four out of 10, that is where sort of finance management and health management sits because it's like, cool, I'm just going to keep refining, keep iterating, but I'm just in this nice state of flow of going, cool, I can look at these things and I can understand exactly what I'm looking for and how I'm going to approach it. I'm, I'm not worried about it, but I'm not bored doing it. I would say there's some truth in that from my point of view as well. I would also say like experience counts. Like I've been doing this the a long time now. Like I've, um, I don't know exactly, I'll have to look into it, but I say I'm, I'm into my 10 years that have to be up to my 10 years by now. So, um, and again, very fortunately as I took financial management and uh, financial education very seriously early on in the journey so that I have now got many, many reps in. But if you've never got those reps in, you might be a bit complete beginner in this area. Just like I would be a complete beginner if I had to start repairing laptops. (laughs) So so going back to that point around – these sort of systems that try to, um, and I know before this episode we were kind of talking about like the silver bullets where people just try to take like this one simplistic approach. Um, what are the flaws that you see in these systems that you, like if you've tried it yourself or if you've seen other people do it, that you're just like, hey, these are some pitfalls to look out for or these is where it might apply, but just note these other scenarios. Should we just call out the, the uh, elephant in the room? Is it the I, elephant? I feel like I set you up and then you just throw everything under the bus. So I'm, I'm trying to be the nice guy here. Okay. So um, the one that comes up quite often is the profit first system, right? And I, to be clear, I'm actually a big fan of uh, Michael Michalowicz. I've loved many of his works. Books. Yeah, he's a great writer and yeah. he does something uh, very powerful where he's actually able to explain complex topics simply. So I'm a big fan of Mike and where this comes – this is like the frame-up of me sugarcoating and trying not to say, this get is, on the bad side of Mike. This is nice, Charlie. I think profit first is a, not a good system for business owners to run their business. I think that it is – and I go out on a limb here. I actually think it's dangerous I and I'll express why. Um, so I'm going to make it about health so people can perceive this is like I believe when people find, when people who have uh, very little financial management or financial education find profit first, it's like someone finding a silver bullet. It's like in the health space they go keto, vegan, CrossFit, wh- whatever it is, yeah. right? So they find this like modality or prescription or whatever it is that is like really like, ah, this is the uh, easy, quick win I was looking for to solve my problems. But it's like, it's actually really dangerous. It's actually really dangerous. So the same thing is applying here because when people, um, in this case, find the silver bullet of profit first, what they then do is don't learn any of the real skills that come with good financial management. 
So they take this silver bullet and go, oh, I found this. I don't need to learn the real skills now or take responsibility. And then what ends up happening is they have a very poor level of financial management overall. And that system particularly is quite dangerous because it actually blankets one system across many types of business. doesn't matter what type of business you are, the profit system works. doesn't matter what stage you are, the profit first system works. doesn't matter if you're trying to sell your company or grow your company or get cash flow from your company this system works and it's like very, very flawed. It's, um, it would be the same as saying this one diet will get you every result you want. doesn't matter if you want to get, uh, gain 10 kilos, lose 10 kilos, stay the same, this diet will work. Yeah. uh, That context layer is the critical part because when I, I read profit first, I'm like, I think there's a layer to this that I can appreciate and understand. It's it's better than doing nothing, right? That's exactly (laughs) what I was about to say. I'm like, if I'm walking in, into a business or I've been running a business and it's just started, for example, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm looking at. Profit first is so simple that it is better than ignorance. Like it's better than just not knowing it, right? Um, but the second that you start maturing as an organization and you can put a financial figure to what that may or may not be, it starts showing chinks in its armor. Like things that I saw as a problem was like, it doesn't really talk about like accounts receivable, accounts payable. It's got all these gaps that you need to understand as a business owner. It doesn't look at the trends. It doesn't do all of these things. And I know you've got a great story on top of these, but it's it's then going, okay, well, you don't need to worry about any of these things. Like that's not something that you need to focus on or you need to care about is profits. And it kind of comes back to your point, Charlie, of going, well, if I'm a business where I'm trying to scale to exit, and I was talking to a gentleman um, over the weekend who was literally doing that, who was scaling to exit, then the profit first system is not going to work for him because he's trying to reduce payables. Like he's, he needs money in the door now as quick as humanly possible. He needs to maximize uh, productive output for the team. He needs to minimize the debt, which again, profit first doesn't really talk about the debt that you have on the books. He needs to do all of these things to make sure that it is appealing to a buyer where if he was just running profit first, he might actually come up against quite a lot of issues the second that someone does due diligence and looks under the hood and says, oh, wow, you have debt. Oh, wow, your payables are like 100 days. Oh, wow, what about all of this other things? Like, this is scary now. And imagine that face of going, what do you mean? (laughs) Profit, we have this profit little part, which is the key. Well, both of us have sold a company, right? We both actually sold a business. Do you know what I spent a lot of my time on when I was selling uh, a company? Due diligence on finances? No, it was actually like key man risk. Oh, and, yeah. Um, scalable without you. Yeah. Does it, what works without me? So let's say, would I be happy to be less profitable, but then knowing everything worked without me? Which, funnily enough, Mike has another book on uh, in this is example. It clockwork or? So yeah, he's like literally got another book on this here, which is just the it's irony of it. Um, I enjoyed that one as well. But the point being is that would you be willing to take less profit to make sure that the business was more saleable in that example? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Here's the other thing. If you've got one source of marketing, let's pretend you've got uh, your business relies on SEO. and That does really well. You might actually go, do you know what? I want to run this business differently. So we've got two marketing channels. Yep. I'm going to spend money and invest to diversify. So when someone looks at this, it's a more saleable asset. What is the suggestion of taking profit first in that example is like that's non-applicable. Good financial management looks different depending on circumstance. It really does. It was was one thing, and I know you and I have spoken about this a long time ago, 
There was one thing that I want I want everyone to ponder. I'm going to ask you a question on this one, Charlie. Can you can you just walk me through? You can use a number or a percentage if you would like. The number of like companies that are on the ASX that actually use Profit First. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> Why do you think that is? Well, Grant, do you know any multi-millionaires that have retired well that they go, do you know my secret to my success is I use Profit First? Well, uh, secret to my success was I did not need to know how to read financial statements. Like I haven't met anyone. And I, that's not to be, again, I don't want to be critical of uh, Mike's work. And maybe the way to think about this is Profit First is a really good place to start before you enter the the bigger game of understanding finances properly. Mm-hmm. And I'll give some, uh, people a way to think about this. If we were going to go to France, like a really good starting point would just be learning some basic words like yes, no, station, hotel. Right, you could hack together enough like simple things that you could survive in France. But the reality is, if you wanted to move to France and live a fulfilled life there and get a really good result, you wouldn't know how to speak the whole language. Yeah. And proper financial management is learning how to speak the whole language. It's a full stack skill. I don't think you can achieve your potential without being strong in finance. Like it's just not not going to happen. The other one I'll mention here is I'll throw the barefoot investor into this camp as well. The amount of people I know that have read that book and been like, oh, man, this has changed my life. I've got this order. So I'm like, where are all the millionaires at that credit Barefoot Investor to their reason for their success? But I, and to that point that you're making, it's, it's, if you've got nothing, it's a great step one. Like I read that book and I'm like, you know what? Awesome. Like if you've, if you've got – Dangerous. Yeah. I'm like if you've got nothing, good step one. However – Education, like it's, that is not going from one to a 10. That's just going from a one to a two or one to a three, right? There's still a, I have to say, I can't resist. I'm holding, <laughs> biting my tongue. Do you know what annoys me the most about that one? The oh, only finance book you'll ever need. That's the tagline. Is it really? I didn't I'm even like, pick up on uh, that. The framing on that is you just got someone to turn off their brain that there's more education <laughs> here required. But the, yeah, there was so many things. Uh, oh man, no, now you've got me started. There were so many things in that book that I, I read, and I'm just like, oh, that's totally not applicable. That is totally not how should people should approach it. But I'm like, some of the some of the methods around cool, like putting your cash in in different buckets and stuff. Yeah, okay, cool. That makes logical sense because most people don't have the ability to <laughs> store and save money because they have the idea of what well, what expenses we actually need to budget for and manage and stuff. So. I got it from a very simplistic sense, but there were so many pitfalls in that book. Uh, but I don't want to dive too deep into it. Should, should I tell some stories here about Profit First quickly or Actually, just some you, other ones? You do have a killer story. Yeah. Let's, before I continue on, let's dive into that Profit's the First story. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I knew many people at a stage in my life when the book kind of came out that adopted this Profit First thinking. And this is something that I really want to articulate is like, I believe that someone read this book and then the key problem is how they interpret it. Mm-hmm. Right, so the way Mike uh, meant for the information to be received versus how people receive it, two different things. And if you've ever had uh, two people, um, like for example, if you've ever had two people like write an essay on the same topic, have you ever noticed the essays aren't the same? Always different. Yeah, because people interpret things based on their own experiences, their mood, a whole bunch of things. If you and yep. I watched a movie, we would have different interpretations of the movie. Yep. Right. So when people read the Profit First uh, book, a lot of people went and inter- uh, interpreted that information and then implemented it in their business. 
All right. Now, I know several, but I'm going to point out one because, well, we're already like 20 minutes into this podcast and it'll go very long <laughs> if I go all into these stories where their interpretation of this book was that, okay, um, I'm going to re-engineer everything I'm doing and I'm going to take profit out of this first. All right. I love what this is about. Rather than running my business from expenses first, I'm going to run it from profit first. And they went along using this system and then got to tax time and ended up with a massive tax debt because what they'd actually done is taken money out of their business every month, not realizing they didn't actually have a profitable business. So this system, uh, and it was like not a small amount either, we're talking like six figures of um, tax debt, right, where they've gotten to this point now where they've basically bled their business dry. So for one year, overtaken money out continually, got the ATO bill and then had to spend the next year digging themselves out of that hole. Uh, business became unviable, ended up shutting it down. Uh, because yeah. in that time, it was just like they – and what were they thinking? Well, I'm using profit first. I'm on the carnivore diet. I'm a, I'm a vegan. What do you mean? Yeah. Like it stopped their brain from kicking into what good financial responsibility is. Yeah. And that's, that's the danger with that equation. So it's Yeah, like, they had a pricing problem they never found. Yeah. And because poor financial management – enabled that that's what became really dangerous but the part that kills me on that one do you know the one that um annoyed this is where it's like really got my back up is they stopped paying their team first no so he started being like slow to pay their team because they were waiting for money to come in started being a bit um i'll say shady with like paying invoices and like you'd hear things and again i like i knew this person quite well which is like i have the inside track from things because like you'd hear things like she would say and it was a she um, ah, oh, my credit card's maxed out I've, or, or got stolen. I've just got to get a new one. And the idea being that she was waiting for funds to come in to pay off the credit card so she could delay paying it. And like you would always give someone the benefit of the doubt. Like if their credit card got stolen, like you go, oh, cool, yeah, right, just when you get a new one, pay it, that's all good. But it wasn't actually because of that. So when I started to see them lying and being mischievous and not paying team, I was like, this profit first system is like you giving your permi- permission to yourself to be a, uh, I'm just going to say it, a terrible person. It's horrible. Yeah. And that's just like one of the examples where someone's interpreted this information. If they had had a good financial uh, system in place or a way to be responsible, they would have gone, okay, well, um, you know, maybe I've got a pricing issue here. The reason I don't have any profit is not because I'm not taking profit first. My pricing model and business model is cooked. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. It is. It's funny. That was one of the biggest things that I saw out of Profit First. And oh my gosh, we've got to get off this topic before I get, <laughs> before I get all riled up. That's um, all right. We can shit on the barefoot investor for a bit if you want. I can swap <laughs> topics. I've got things about that as well. So like the, the actual equation is like sales minus expenses equals profit, right? Like that's like the usual like revenue minus expense equals profit. Um, and then in Profit First, it, it, it swaps the, the profit and expenses around. So it goes like sales minus profits equals expenses. And I could totally see how people could just misconstrue that so bad. Because like, well, I just want to make more money. Well, I'll just increase the profit amount. And it's like expenses will just adjust. Like, All right, one, like, one last oh joke, one last gosh. joke. Grant, if you run a good business, right, does it matter if you take profit first or last? Should be the no. same amount of profit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I feel t- I feel sick to my stomach. Uh, oh. all right. No, all right. Charlie and I actually ran well over on this episode. 
So we're going to have to pull this one up here, but be sure that you're subscribed to get part number two, where we dive a bit deeper into how you can actually approach your financials for good financial management. Uh, We do dig extremely deep in this, Charlie, a little bit of motion comes out as well. Uh, So if you want to jump in and continue the conversation with us, head over to Facebook and join the Facebook group. It is called Full Stack Business Owner Community. We are talking all about good financial management and be sure to share this episode with someone else that you think should be joining this journey with you because I know they'll be loving this part number one, but I also know the value of part number two. They'll want to be part of it. So I just want to say thank you again for joining us and we look forward to catching you on the next episode of Full Stack Business Owner.